0: Welcome back to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Wednesday afternoon. And Cruz McCallaghan has joined us. I was just saying, I really enjoyed your Operation Santa Claus feature. Thank you very much, Cruzy.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I was talking to Gretchen Ryan from Home of Loving Faithfulness, which is an amazing organization and home. So I do recommend people have a look Mm because it is pretty eye-opening and quite cool. So thank you for playing it. Thank (laughs) you very much for for
0: doing it. Now for our (laughs) listeners, do go to Facebook Live, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see the lovely Cruzan and a very interesting background you have there.
1: Yes. So it's actually, um, I thought it was going to be like quite rock and roll. But actually looks a little bit like weird fun house. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I can't, I'm not very rock and roll. I'm at the tail end of a cold as well. So I'm not feeling really like rock and roll. I don't look very rock and roll. My background, I tried to be rock and roll, but doesn't seem to have worked so your lips
0: are very rock and roll. Well, your whole being is very rock and roll.
1: So Yes, I am. Yeah. What are we talking about today? That's on purpose. It's my weekly excuse to wear lipstick is coming on the show to chat to you. So, um, because we're always wearing masks now, which is a good thing. I'm not complaining about mask wearing. In fact, I wholly support it. And I'm grateful to everyone who puts on a mask when they go outside. But it is really bizarre over the last couple of weeks. I'm um, sorry, months, months, um, you know, that we we're missing half of people's faces all the time. And I've gone to meetings or I've taken my little girl to play groups. And it's wonderful because everyone's wearing their masks. I have no idea what the lower half of people's faces look like and sometimes they'll like you know have a drink of water or something and you'll catch a little glimpse and you're like oh it's that like (laughs) I didn't know like it's so it's a nose it's quite interesting like you know you just realize oh that's what their lips are like um well you know what I mean and not in a negative way but in just in kind of I just find it quite fascinating that this part of our bodies that um you know the part that smiles and the part that frowns and the part that laughs and some like of that is is hidden and so that's why i wanted to chat today about lips um so we're talking about lips <laughs> and yours are looking particularly um yours are looking particularly lovely today you've got a bit of you you've got a you've got a, a hue you've got a hue you're pouty
0: um let me just go on to facebook so i put lipstick especially for you because i i knew you'd be Thank talking you. about lips Thank So you.
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah that, that's solid all Solid pout yeah
1: solid pout just pouting
0: <laughs> radio listeners can't see us but we are pouting, Very pouting.
1: We're pouting. um but you yeah, know it's, it's kind of fascinating in a way um i know I, I was here talking to my grandma recently and she was saying oh i was talking to my sister and she still puts lipstick on under her mask and i said hey if it works it works for you it works for you so um lips now um Lips are quite fascinating and I was really interested to um, learn more about them from an evolutionary point of view, as well as, you know, the fact that, um, you know, they are this, this thing that is so connected to sexuality and beauty and femininity and all these different things is our lips. So I was really interested to start researching this column, actually, if I'm being honest. Um, so first up, did you know that the our lips are the most, are are more sensitive than our fingertips.
0: I have heard that before. Where do I, yeah.
1: Yes they're more sensitive than our fingertips. They're actually a hundred times more sensitive than our fingertips. There are millions and millions of nerve endings around the lips, which is the reason they are so sensitive. And there's also no protective tissue, which makes them extremely sensitive to external effects. So other parts of our body, skin is about 16 different layers deep, but on our lips, it's only about five or six which is also why they have the color they have, why they're pink or red. But for people with fair skin, obviously, if you have quite fair skin, and you can see that, you know, most people's lips are a different color to the rest of their face, right? Because um, of what we call the vermilion border, which is that um, that loop around, that change of color. Um, and it is because the, the skin is thinner there. It's also why, um, you know, when a child falls over and splits their lip, There has never been so much blood (laughs) ever, (laughs) Um, as well. But so that's really, I find that really interesting. That there's there's this thing, um, you know, that that's the thing is with our lips, they don't have those protective, those protective layers, which is of course why they become chapped. And we are also entering a delightfully breezy, cool, dry season here in Hong Kong. Give us a what's the humidity at the moment, Noreen? Fifty nine
0: percent.
1: Wow. amazing (laughs) so it's you know so of course this is chapstick season so everyone's getting all their chapsticks out all my lips are really dry my lips are really dry the reason they're so dry is because there are actually no sweat glands around the area of your lips your lips don't have sweat glands on them like the skin you know i mean i'm someone who very much gets a sweat mustache when i when i exercise and things like that Yeah, but, but I mean, actually, this, our sweat glands are what keep our body moisturized. And because we don't have sweat glands around our lips, that's one of the reasons they dry out so incredibly quickly. Um, and of course, as I mentioned, the reason that they are pink is because there are fewer layers of skin there than there are on the rest of our face. But this has also had a trickle down effect because it's also why we associate colors like pink and red with kind of romance and love and passion and all those sorts of things as well. It's because it all kind of comes back to lips. Um, now that is obviously, laden with some, the fact that your lips are only really going to be a different color to your face if you were quite a fair skinned person, but that's the reason it is that way. So interestingly, um, a lot of people say, okay, well like big lips are better or like, you know, everyone wants big, big lips, big, big
0: plump lips, right? Plump and juicy. Those are the kind I've of terms that, yeah, exactly. <sighs> um, I was going to say, do your lips stop growing? Because, I've heard that you are ah,
1: so they don't stop growing, but you lose you lose collagen. As we age, our collagen depletes. And because our collagen depletes, um, okay, so basically our lips get their shape in part from collagen. And as we age, the body um, produces a lot less of that critical protein and the lips start to lose their plumpness and um, the other reason apparently is that ultraviolet light from sunlight can affect the plumpness of your lips oh. as well so people like should be wearing lip balm with sunscreen all the time and yeah. protecting your lips it's also very vulnerable Area and they do say that, like, it's one of the most prone areas to skin cancer, for example, because it is very few layers of skin and it is very exposed and vulnerable and sensitive. So, yeah, so it's not so our lips get thinner as we age, mainly because we're losing, we're losing, we're not making as much collagen anymore. But I mean, let's be honest, there's a billion products out there for, <laughs> for pumping up your pout. I think we'll be okay, right? And even if you do have little lips, there's nothing wrong with that either. So, um, so interestingly, um, there's like other parts of our lips we can talk about. So this bit, the little bit at the very top of your top lip, the little dip. Yeah. Do you have a little dip? Is it uh,
0: the f- begins with a pH phylum or phylum or?
1: or oh, my- that's not what I have here. Oh. Maybe oh, you know no.
0: something I don't. Oh, maybe I've just made it up. Maybe I've just made up a new anatomy for us. I don't know. Maybe
1: you have. Um, I've heard, I like the, there's an anecdotal term, which is Cupid's bow. Oh yeah, I quite I like that, that one. one. I like, I quite like Cupid's bow, um, but other people call it um, a tubercle, the lip tubercle. And it had a very long name I found before, but I seem to have lost. I'm sure I'll find it again later. Yes. Oh, here we go. It has a new, okay, so the propelion, the labial tubercle, or the tubuculum labi superioris, which is not like roll off your tongue. You know what I mean? It's not like something you'd want to he'd say all the time um now i'd love to chat a little bit more about oh the it's evolution. The,
0: the philtrum sorry the philtrum the yeah. philtrum yes again philtrum. doesn't sound
1: particularly the
0: vertical groove the between the base of the nose to the border of the upper lip anyway
1: fascinating
0: anyway but cupid's so, bow sounds a lot nicer
1: yeah it's adorable um anyway so when we talk about um so it turns out that actually lips are quite important right? Like they're not just because they manage to open and close our mouths. And we can talk about kissing in a minute, because it's fascinating to see kissing isn't like a universal thing, which was like kind of mind-blowing to me, but it's really, really interesting. So the thing is that um, we actually, we our lips are, impo- um, are crucial for some very primitive reflexes that we're born with. And one of the very, fir- like sucking is one of the first skills that we have after we're born. It's a primitive reflex. And of course, this is something that all mammal babies have because they have to drink milk from their mothers. Um, and so that, that idea that they basically, um, that they're born with this instinct to suck and that they are born with instinct to, to suck anything that brushes their lips. It's, it's a reflex and it's part of what allows them, allows us and many other species to survive because we're able to, to nurse and, um, and to grow in that way. Um, but interestingly, um, there's uh, there's another reason that they say that, you know, that so you basically have the idea that it's a refle- reflex, anything that strokes the mouth, an infant will start sucking. Um, but of course, um, the other thing is that uh, when we talk about, like, for example, um, eating, so we need lips to eat and we need lips to speak. So, of course, in speech, the lips are two, um, are two of um, many places in our mouths that are responsible for articulation and as we're talking now and you're watching me talk and my mouth is moving all over the place you can see that my lips coming together and moving apart is why you can hear what I'm saying you bring with our lips are important and for p sounds b sounds m sounds to make the sound v or f um, so we, we all of these sounds it's really important that we have lips but of course um, we couldn't talk about lips without talking about kissing And why we kiss, and what the whole benefit is of kissing. Um, And of course, um, a lot of people would argue that maybe, you know, while speech is very critical in 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 finding in finding someone, it's not quite as much fun as kissing someone. Um, But apparently, kissing is isn't universal. does pop in about pop up in about 90 percent of cultures but darwin um, himself noted there are cultures in which kissing is conspicuously absent so he says that, and this is a quote from him he said we europeans are so accustomed to kissing as a mark of affection that it might be thought to be innate in mankind but he said, um, and he wrote this in The Expression of Emotion in Man and Animals, but he said, but this is not the case. It is unknown with the Maori of New Zealand, Tahitians, Papuans, Australians, Somalis of Africa and Eskimo people. There's all these groups of people who, I mean, and obviously this was in Darwin and there's obviously something to be said for the cultural uh, trending, like kissing trending around the world. <clears throat> Um, but, yeah, so it's quite fascinating in that way And when they talk about, like, where kissing came from. And I think it's really interesting that Darwin talks about it being this thing that um, happens in our European cultures. But apparently there is something. I was speck- going
0: to say Eskimo kiss. I mean, the Eskimo yes. kiss is when you rub the uh, noses. With right? your nose, Because it's too yes. cold to say- kiss with their lips and they'll get stuck together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I did read that, actually. The Eskimo kiss is more about sniffing the other person about smelling the other person and gaining like some insight into yeah. their pheromones i just thought else. it was
0: too cold for them to expose their lips and it would be so crackly so nobody wants to kiss yeah absolutely crackly. yeah yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <I don't know.
1: laughs> your lips will get stuck together and you actually can't ever kiss anybody <laughs> else ever again um but i really loved this little bit of research i found that said that they actually think that kissing may have originated in a place like um southeast asia asia and like um like india and that someone like alexander the great and his troops saw it happening and then brought it back to continental europe with them as kind of an import like oh hey we saw these people doing this thing when we were traveling and pillaging How <laughs> like <laughs> and this exotic thing and it looks like loads of fun, which is adorable. Um, When we talk about the origins of kissing, a lot of people say that um, there's a a specific um, British zoologist who thinks that it may have originated from the primate behavior of pre-chewing food and passing it to your offspring. So chimpanzee mothers, for example, are known to chew food and then before swallowing, they press their lips to the lips of youngsters and allow the food to pass into their mouths. And the pressing of lips may then have become a general means for relieving anxiety you know because food is comfort when you know where food is coming from you feel relaxed etc etc um and then basic classical conditioning would suggest that by pairing lip stimulation with food simply touching the lips would eventually trigger feelings of pleasure and make you feel happy and welcome and accepted and all those other things which is super interesting Um, but they do say that there's a lot of um there's a lot of research about, um, you know, whether or not, like how kissing can affect the way that you feel about somebody. And they do say it's quite because it is something where you are obviously, depending on how you're kissing, I suppose, <laughs> um, that, you know, you are getting a lot of information about the other person, like how they smell and how they taste and all those sorts of things, a lot of biological information. Um, and that can really affect how you feel about them. Um, so there was a study done um, where they they studied a group who really should know a thing or two about kissing, which is American college students. <laughs> um and they talked to these american college students and they found um they said that the means through which um women said whether or not their partner was a good kisser was based up on the chemical cues taste and smell Um, and according to his research they also said they were far less likely to go further with a partner unless they would kissed them first Um, and of course whether you know the fact that we do have pheromones and the fact whether or not we can detect them and things like that there's a lot of things that we say about that but actually they ever said They also did a survey and they said, have you ever found yourself attracted to someone only to discover that after kissing them for the first time, you were no longer interested. And of the men he surveyed, 59% said yes. And 66% of women said yes too. And so it's a really interesting way of connecting to uh, to another person. They also say, because we're getting all this biological information about someone, like how they smell and taste and their pheromones and what bacteria they have or whatever, in ways that we can't possibly consciously think about, they say that we're more attracted to people who have a different immune system to, than ourselves. You know, like the power of <laughs> coming together, like two immune systems become one. <laughs> um, that's going to be stronger for, 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 you know, for your... P- potential offspring, offspring. shouldn't go really well. <laughs> yeah, so it's quite fascinating in that way. Um, but of course, uh, I think it's it's amazing at the moment in the world we live in because you don't see people kissing <laughs> anywhere because they've got masks on. And actually, if I was to see a couple kissing on the MTR or something, I would be horrified at this point <laughs> in time. <laughs> Not just because I'm a prude married woman, but because. <laughs>
0: Well, as you proposed this um, topic, Cruz, I was looking into um, kissing, and one of the articles that I came across, which um, maybe I, I won't, I won't go into detail, but maybe our listeners can can read it later on. It's by uh, Huffington Post, and it says five reasons why married couples don't French kiss. Gross. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: Case in point. But um, I, I wonder
1: why. It's... I, 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 I wonder.
0: I, I... Sorry, go on, Cruzie. <laughs>
1: No, I wonder why it's – I don't have any information about this. I wonder why it's called a French kiss. Well, like, if, is that- I'm so glad you asked
0: that question because I've always – as a joke, I always say, oh, well, let's bring some culture in and French it up and, you know, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I joke around with my husband. But, you know, we talk about Fran- f- French manicures, French toast, and French fries, so I've often wondered why there's so much yeah, sort of French, 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 French connection. Exactly. So um, I was reading this one, and it is um, – References to open mouth kissing and kissing with tongues uh, actually dates back to thousands of years from different parts of the world. But the association with French is a, more of a modern phenomenon. The most popular explanation is that American and British servicemen in France during World War One were struck by the mere passionate way French women kissed. So when they returned home, they introduced French kissing to their compatriots and... Right. So, yeah. right. so maybe, you know, they saw. Wow. they Okay. They saw, well, they, then they wanted that.
1: <laughs> they wanted that passion. So really, it was um, Bonobo monkeys also kiss with tongues. So you've got that. It could be Bonobo kissing. Bonobo kissing. <laughs> it, could be French kissing. it could be Bonobo kissing. But I implore anyone super geeky to try and say that to somebody with a straight face um but yeah but it's quite fascinating I'm hoping that um you know it it has made me appreciate the mouths of others this entire covid period and the fact that we we can't we can't see them and we can't see people talking or smiling and it must be very hard because there's like you know there is something about kissing which is Um, Yeah, oh, I've got this. So this is the actual fact for evolution around it. So they say kissing was very restricted up until very recently to areas of Asia, Southeast Asia mainly, and Europe until the conquest of the 1500s this is from an anthropology professor and he said um no one in the new world kissed no one in Oceania kissed the Eskimos didn't kiss people in sub-Saharan Africa didn't kiss and his uh, assumption his name Dr Vaughan Bryan he said kissing started in India and spread slowly after soldiers under the command of Alexander the Great brought the custom um, home with them which again I find really interesting because now we have like how famous it is all the censorship and in, like Indian films with any kind of Physical affection or touch, and I'm like, "Hey, you guys came up with this! (laughs) Like, you were innovators. You know, like, own it." Which is quite fascinating. Brilliant,
0: um, Cruz. Dare I ask? Did you manage to find any quotes? Because any other I do. Oh, I do. Amazing. I do. Because all the other kiss quotes I've come, I've seen, are just you know, just weird memes. They're really naff.
1: (laughs) No, they're super naff. Um, the only one I the i kept looking for lips quotes because it wasn't like kisses i was like what i want quotes about lips and the one that i hated that kept coming up was a moment on the lips a lifetime on their hips and i was like that's we don't need that that's negative and we need to retire that phrase okay so i've got two um the first one is from virginia wolf who said language is wine upon the lips which i thought was lovely Blah it blah, blah. Mm. makes me want to talk lots and um Audrey Hepburn, who said, for beautiful eyes, look for the good in others, for beautiful lips, speak only words of kindness and for poise, walk with the knowledge that you are never alone. And I was like, that's lovely too. That's lovely. So even if you, yeah. So even if we can't see your lovely lips beneath your mask, dear listeners, <laughs> as long as you're saying nice things back there, we know that you've got lovely lips.
0: Exactly. Well, Cruz, as always, you always have lovely lips, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's through the things you share with us and also your lovely lipstick. I look forward to uh, more chats with you next week. And that's Cruzy McAlligan joining us. Thank you very much indeed for your time today.
1: See you. Bye.